Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Pri. She's an award-winning SEO strategist, Google Analytics expert, and founder of Brilliantly Visible. She's based out of London, and her work is frequently shared as an example of best practices in our industry in events at the UK. Pre helps people with her signature props method to build out data sets and create simple automated metric dashboards that help people answer some of the most important questions they have in their business. What are my results and how am I getting them? I feel like those are two really helpful things to be mindful of in your business when you're growing from a data place, an analytically driven place, but also in a place that's in alignment with how you want to run your business and the decisions that you want to be making. And we talk about both today, which I think is super helpful for everyone who's been avoiding looking at the data or avoiding looking at the analytics and asking themselves the questions of the results of their business is actually getting them. And then people who feel kind of overwhelmed about how to make decisions based on those results that you are getting. We walk through all of that today. I think there's going to be some really good takeaways for you all to start really implementing smart decision, intentional decision making in your businesses. Hey, Pri, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I am stoked. The people know I am the numbers geek. I want to talk all things analytics, KPIs. I want you guys to know the metrics behind your business, why stuff's working, how you can do more with that information, et cetera. And when I discovered what you do, I was a big fan. Really. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. And we're going to like dive into this because I know that so many businesses are just, I want to say kind of running their business blind. They're doing it without the information. They're doing it based on, how their gut feels or how they think something went and they don't actually know. And so I want to empower them with ways for them to find some of this information that can help them really move their business forward. But I am curious, like, how did you become a numbers geek? I have no idea. (laughs) No idea. I really don't know. I mean, I, I was awful at math. 
I just about passed, like, you know, I'm in the UK, we have this thing called GCSEs. I just about flew past with a C. So now I laugh when I think all I do is look at data and spreadsheets all day. I kind of just went into it. But as we were saying before we started recording, numbers are fun and I'm a creative person. It's all about finding patterns. Like mm-hmm. if you can find the pattern, you'll understand numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a think CSI. You're like doing a you're doing an investigation. You're trying to find the data. And I think there is a misconception that someone who's really into analytics and statistics is not necessarily someone who's super into math like I really hated calc like struggled through that but statistics was something I was super interested in but let's talk about how people can use this what what's the like number one thing you think people are missing when it comes to metrics there's so many things I think it really depends on where you are in your business so if you're in like the beginning stages it's probably going to help you overcome the overwhelm right I know that I've probably had like six businesses until this point and at each stage right at the beginning I'm like okay what do I do am I going to be on Instagram am I going to be on YouTube am I blogging and then kind of as you go further into your career it's really about using the data you already have to start scaling like, okay, how can I be smart? If I'm, you know, making X amount of revenue this month, how can I 10X it in the next quarter? And that's really where the beauty comes in because that is where you can start, you know, building out a team, building out your offers. And it takes a lot of pressure off you to sit there and do all the day-to-day management stuff because you know that you can have a look at some patterns and some numbers and already project what's going to happen in the next six months to a year, 18 months, whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. How do you suggest someone who is at the very beginning stages, like literally what and how do they keep track of the data that's happening in their business? Because this is something that we teach our customers and our, our students to look at is making intentional decisions and strategic decisions based on what's already working in your business. But I think sometimes people get really overwhelmed about all of the sources where they have to pull that information from and how to really disseminate that to educate themselves on those decisions. So how are you keeping track of that? And how do you suggest really, really new people start doing that? So for me, my kind of holy grail is Google Analytics. And obviously I'm an SEO, so I'm going to say that. But for me, the data in Google Analytics is so important because if we have a look at where we are at the beginning stages of our business, It's all really about building your audience and converting those to sales. And you're going to find all of that information in Google Analytics. Now, a lot of the time people either incorrectly set up Google Analytics or they get it set up, but they don't really understand what the data means, what the numbers mean, what reports they should look at. So it's figuring out in your business what is meaningful for you. So generally speaking, I would say the kind of four big pillars you want to have a look at is your traffic sources. You want to have a look at how you're generating leads. So depending on your structure, this could be like an opt-in or a small product that you're selling. And then you want to have a look at kind of that next stage. So how are you driving traffic, lead generation, selling So this is, you know, do you have a sales page on your website? For example, do you have product pages on your website? And then the final part, which is your income sources. So, you know, this could be 
you selling digital products? Are you selling a service? Are you selling physical products that you're mailing out? And once you know those four things, that is what's going to shift the big parts in your business. And that's the kind of metrics that I tend to focus on. I think there's so much power in knowing that customer journey. And that's what it really comes down to. It's how are people interacting with you online and how are they moving through your sales funnel? Even if your sales funnel is like super basic, like it literally could be, I'm talking about it. I'm talking about what I'm doing on Instagram. I'm hoping people become interested in what I have to offer. They come to some page that maybe talks more about the services I offer or more of like a schedule a discovery call kind of thing. Even just knowing 50% of your traffic came from Instagram and then 50% of the people who land on the page end up booking a call. Amazing. Like, or you might see, oh, it came from Instagram. They get to the discovery page, but then they're not booking a call. Okay. Well then I need to change something on the call. I think even that super basic information can help you identify where to pull more levers because I think so often they're like, well, I think they're from Instagram. Well, do you actually know? Like, do you yeah. actually know where they showed up from? I've been, I've had people shocked to find out. Like, I remember having a conversation with a friend who's a financial advisor, and she just could not get over this the fact that most of her traffic was coming from Yelp of all places. Sounds like like a personal problem. I'm not quite sure why you started getting reviews on Yelp, but if it's working for you, pay attention to it. Like I wouldn't say most people need to even bother with that unless they're running your business using Yelp. That's my next course. (laughs) Unless you're like running, you know, a a food-based business and you have a restaurant. Okay. Like that makes sense. But a financial advisor, that's the last place I would think would generate traffic. But she spent all this time and energy on it because she knew it was converting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I don't know. I think there's just so much power in those like little steps. What other little things, because it's often the little things that tell the big story. What are the little things we should be paying attention to? Pay attention to where you're spending your time. Because mm-hmm. if you're spending, you know, 60% of your time on Instagram, and let's face it, I mean, Instagram right now is changing so much. It's like if you're spending 60% of your time there and you know that it's not generating any traffic or any signups, whatever it is, then, you know, don't focus on that. Focus on what it, whatever it is. And I think there's a certain part of aligning what works with what aligns with you as a person. Like yes. if you're not a video person and you can see that video is huge, then you probably need to think about where your business is heading is that something that you you kind of put on the back burner for now? Is that something that you get extra support with and just kind of go from there? And I think another part, you know, you mentioned sales funnels. It's really just keeping things basic. Like all you really need is a sign-up page for someone to either opt into like a freebie or book or make a purchase. Like there's no need to start overcomplicating things. It's just what are the easiest steps that someone can do to connect with you. And that can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the tidbit I'll throw in here also, what I see a lot of our people doing, and like I pick on my mom a lot on this show, but I'm going to (laughs) continue picking on her because we just had this conversation. There's like a new product she's created. She put it out there. It literally hasn't even been able to be bought at all yet. It's like going to be listed in a couple of days. 
And she was already doing the rabbit hole of like, okay, well, I guess if this happens, then I could like change the price or like, maybe we need to add on this next time. Or do you think I need to like make this part over here better? And I'm like, you don't have literally any information. And so I had to like break it down with her saying, okay, well, if you get a lot of traffic, but not a lot of sales, maybe let's look at the messaging or look at the price. If you're not getting any traffic, then let's look at, you know, there's so many different variables that you could be picking apart based on the results that you're actually getting. And I think that our audience specifically thinks that they don't, because they haven't sold, they don't have results. And I'm like, if the offer is out there, if the product is out there, you have something to look at. So what, words of wisdom or advice could you give our audience who maybe hasn't sold anything yet, but they have the offer out there? What can they be looking at in order to make smart decisions? Let's say if you're putting your offer out there and you're not getting a lot of traffic, I would say my first thing is to start using UTM parameters to actually figuring out where the issue is itself. So UTM parameters, essentially a little bit of, it's not even code. It's like, You would have seen it. If you've been shopping on Instagram and you've swiped up, you will see that there'll be a link and then there'll be like a whole bunch of letters after it. That will help the company or you in this case identify where the traffic is or is not coming from. So if you've got the traffic issue, that's great to figure out like where it's not performing. And this probably goes even further. Like if you've got a product out there did you actually do any market research in the first place? A lot of the time, and I know I've done it previously, I've created a product thinking, this is what I think my audience needs. It's but so actually, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like, oh, I have this idea, no one's doing it, and I'm going to go launch it. And then, you know, six months later, I'm like, why hasn't anyone bought it? Mm-hmm. And it's because I haven't done that research. So you'll know very quickly, like, you know, again, it depends on, like, exactly where you are in business, how you're marketing it. But, you know, if you're getting to a point where it's not connecting, start doing market research calls, like start reaching out to people that you think is your ideal audience and specifically jump on a call with them. Record the call, like have a Zoom call, record it and then have a look at the language they're using. Ask them specifically to use your product and give you feedback because at that point, it might not even be a marketing issue. It could be the fact that you haven't fully thought out that product. And once you can build on that, you can then focus on getting it out there. Yeah. It's often, like we said, such minor shifts that can make such a huge difference. I did have a student recently ask, and I know it's something we've focused on, They've had pieces of content on their website that have done well, but it's not necessarily leading anywhere. Like, it, you know, it's a blog post that got a ton of pins over on Pinterest or it, it started ranking up in Google search. They didn't necessarily try to do it, but it, it happened. What would you suggest for someone who does have, I wouldn't even say viral. It's like, it just happens to be the best performing piece of content. Okay. I, mean, I mean, it's beautiful when it happens, right? right? But like, what do you do with it to leverage it to actually move your business forward so that you can take advantage of the traffic that's landing there? So hopefully the content that's been created is like strategic, i.e. it fits into their business. That's the number one thing, right? You know, if I'm an SEO, well, I am an SEO, but, you know, I don't want to be writing content about, I don't know, fake blogging. 
<laughs> yeah, like makeup. I mean, you know, they could be, I could potentially have it as part of like a wellness thing, but, you know, ideally the content that's going viral is fitting to your services, your products, whatever it is that you're offering. Really what you want to do then is start thinking, how do I get them to that next step? So at this point, it's how do I get them onto my customer journey? So think about opt-ins that you could offer. Think about, you know, any trainings, anything where you can capture their email or sign them up to, you know, getting onto a call with you because that's the next step, right? Obviously the pins or the meta descriptions on Google are connecting with the right audience and it's getting them, it's inviting them to that next step. And a lot of the times we forget to ask for the sale, whether that's an email address or, hey, like buy something from me. We don't do that. So that would be like my next thing of ask them for something. Yeah. Often it's that maybe you did, but you weren't direct about it. Like you wrote this amazing tutorial that like your product is a perfect fit somewhere in the middle of, and yet you just made it like a subtle, like one, like two words are linked in the whole thing. And it's not like a, Hey, I created this thing and it's helping you solve this problem. And here's what you can do next. And it's, it's so buried in the content that it's not sticking out. And when people are bombarded with advertising and marketing messages everywhere, I think unless you're making it over, people are just scrolling past it. Like people are missing it. Like, sure, they might have good intentions. It might've been a super helpful article. Maybe they actually spent a couple minutes reading it. That would be like humongous, right? But if there's not a very clear button or call to action or a next step, like visually on the page, like mm-hmm. they might miss what you're saying. Yeah, but it's time to get creative, like create a banner in Canva and yeah. put it on there. Like literally, if you have, let's say if you have five products, create five banners. And, you know, for me, when I create blog posts, like every single blog post I create has a call to action. And nine out of 10 times, it will be like, hey, apply for something or sign up to something. And so, you know, it's always been like a banner graphic or depending on who your audience is, you know, maybe they connect more with video. Maybe it's like a GIF or something, you know, like we're so used to just reading long like pages. It's time to like break that up and make it exciting, whether it's like a colorful heading or, you know, graphic, whatever it is, just grab people's attention and you know, just think about when you go online and you're reading other things, what captures your attention? Because right. if it's capturing your attention, it will probably capture other people's attention too. Yeah. When I also want to encourage people listening, like just because you've told people to download something or leave a comment or swipe up and they're not doing it right now, or not a lot of people are doing it right now, sometimes that takes a muscle that you have to build your audience to learn to do. And we're seeing the exact same thing. We have an established Instagram, we have an established audience, but we're currently in the process of continuously like evolving our Instagram and reviving that account and retraining our audience to take certain actions based on the results that we want to get and we want for them. And literally just today, we like finally have a post in our feed where I'm like, oh, we ask them to leave a comment in the comments of the feed and they're doing it now. And we've been asking them to do it for literal weeks, but I'm like, oh, it finally clicked. Like enough people started to see it and do it and take action. And we're seeing the same results within like our stories. So another example, 
I think oftentimes people can kind of beat themselves up about the quality of their content if people aren't swiping up, reading, downloading, whatever. But truly, if you take a second and really realize like, did I make it enticing enough for someone to actually want to click or opt in or download or whatever? We used to like, on our stories, we would just say, you know, there's a new podcast and here's the title and you can swipe up to listen. And those did okay. But now we take it a step further. And we're like, here's the podcast. Here's a couple of bullet points that we cover in this show and why you might want to listen. And here's like an additional swipe up page. And it's like exponentially, the traffic to those links are growing like every single time we post new content. So just take a step back and like, what additional value can you add to the value that you've already put right. out? <laughs> yeah, and it comes down to two things. One, consistency. Yes. And like similar to me, like I pivoted my whole business at the end of last year and I come from a marketing background. Like I'm not going to lie, it's not as easy as it was the first time around. Mm-hmm. Like things are changing and you need to constantly be on the go. And this is saying from someone that has like experience of running a business for eight years. So I can imagine if you're right at the beginning of your journey, you're just thinking, oh, you know, it's easy for them to say like they no, trust me, it's not. It's at every stage of the business, you're going to come up with these hurdles. And it's just having that, I guess, that grit and kind of really understanding like, okay, how do I push past it? So consistency is the number one thing. And then the second thing is just testing and learning. Like right. if you're constantly doing the same thing over and over again, you'll never learn. And things are so fast paced right now, especially yeah. if we think about social media, like platforms themselves, like Instagram is really, you can tell, I can tell as a marketing person, like internally, they are probably having really hard, long conversations because they've been a market leader for so long. And then yeah. TikTok come out of nowhere and just, you know, take over. And so it, how do we do that ourselves? Like, how do we do that in our own businesses and be able to make these tiny pivots without worrying, oh, I created a three-month marketing strategy, but now it doesn't work because this one post hasn't performed. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, and I think to your point, marketers have got to stop working so far ahead. I'm not saying you shouldn't plan ahead, but like, I don't think it's realistic for most businesses today to think about what they're launching and what they're marketing 12 months in advance. Not saying you can't have a loose plan, not saying you can't work towards something or have a goal. But like, if you guys think about the world before COVID and the world after COVID, not just what changed in the world, not just the way people behave, not just the way people work, but also the how people spend their time, what they prioritize, how they interact with social platforms, how they behave on the internet. It's all different. And it's changing so fast. To your point with TikTok, it was all people were doing all day mm-hmm. when they were home. And now it's interesting they're showing that there's less videos being produced, less content is being pushed out because less people are home now because it is in some ways starting to open up. So what is the long-term effects of that? We literally have no idea. All of us are going through these questions in our head constantly. And I think not that you shouldn't pay attention to trends. Like it's clearly important to understand how people are using the internet and interacting, but what should you be doing to also stay true to like the classic shit that just works? Like, (laughs) um, and so I think that's why metrics are so powerful because if you think about it, metrics and analytics, like we're really talking about where traffic is moving and how things are performing and like what the content is and what kind of content and where it lives, like can all shift and change based on what people are interacting with but the how you go about looking at it doesn't. And that's the thing, like, I'm going to put my hands up and I got bought into the whole clubhouse thing. I even bought like oh, a... Yeah, let's talk yeah. about clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I think I bought like a $37 like mini course of like, hey, how to get onto clubhouse because 
my, all my ideal clients were on Clubhouse. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Bought the mini course, something happened, probably, you know, COVID related, like, you know. As per usual. Yeah, as usual. And now I'm like, oh, I mean, thank God it was, you know, less than $40. But I'm like, oh, Clubhouse is now dead. Like, I have stopped seeing people promoting it so much. And, you know, so this is the kind of thing where I think you, I completely agree that we're not in that part where we can plan out 12 months, 18 months. I mean, for example, you know, as a female, you might all of a sudden find yourself you're pregnant and then that's your whole like game plan or you know you might decide to buy a house I mean I had plans for July and August I ended up doing a move I've literally moved into a new apartment and that threw all my plans out the window so when it comes to like long-term strategy I think you need to be flexible but if you keep the same metrics in mind of okay traffic what are the metrics for that lead generation income sources and sales that you can explore and pivot. And once you have like the baseline of what's going on, once you know what good looks for you as a business and what is good as a benchmark, that's when you'll know whether things are working. I mean, I also come from a retail background. Still a lot of people when it comes to like August, they panic because traffic dips, sales dip. And it's like, no matter how many seasons, how many years they're going, it's that constant like, Oh no, it's August. If you knew ahead of time, like, okay, come the third week of July, things are going to slow down until like the first or second week of September, you can use that data to then be like, what am I going to do in those five, six weeks? You might be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go on holiday with my kids or with my partner or I'm going to do some DIY work, whatever it is. That's where you can start using the data and the metrics to be really smart in your business. Mm-hmm. We touched on it just a little bit at the top of this episode of choosing stuff that is in alignment with you with, in regards to strategies. I want to kind of touch on, because I feel like we fell into this trap slightly for about a year where we were relying on the data and the analytics almost too much. And we really let it fuel like every decision. And we kind of sometimes find it hard to balance the analytics with our intuition and with what we know works and our audience and what feels good for us. So do you have any skills for people to kind of have those balanced in their decision-making? Yeah. So I struggle with the same thing. I kind of have this like, okay, really analytical brain where I'm like, okay, the marketing side. And then I have this whole woo side where I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, does this feel right or not? Yeah. And the way that I currently am using it is I will plan things like my marketing and the growth side of my business with the numbers and the analytics. So that is where I will test things. I will try things out. But when it comes to actually doing things in my business, that is where the alignment comes in. So I'll give you an example. In my growth strategies, I know that guest podcasting is the thing that I should be doing. I can see the data that whenever an episode goes out, I see an increase in various different metrics. The way that I see it from an alignment point of view is rather than just taking podcasts that A, just have huge numbers, but perhaps don't align with my values, or B, just going on like a rampage of recording podcasts nonstop. Like for me, energy is such a big thing. And so it's really going, okay, if I know that I need to record or I need to appear on 
four podcast episodes a month to drive X amount of traffic? Well, how can I use my intuition, my gut feeling and my energy to figure out where in the months I am going to be using that? So, you know, I use various different methods and this is probably where I geek out or bore some people, but, you know, I'm really big on menstrual cycles and making sure that like the week, you know, like a few days before, a few days afterwards, like I'm I'm not, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not there. Like I am (laughs) by myself in my PJs, but I also follow the moon cycle with astrology. And I know that certain houses, like I don't want to be around people like that is not a good place. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, when I obviously got the invite for you, it was like the first thing, like, okay, open up my diary. Let's have a look at when they're available and where it is. And so for me, it's like, that's really where you can be true to yourself because yes, you're, you're in that masculine zone of like, I'm driving revenue, I'm driving traffic, I'm moving forward, but you can still stay in touch with the flow and the kind of intuition and feminine side of your life where you can make sure that those tasks you're doing when is right for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I don't know why something in the way you explained that really clicked for me. Cause I think for us, Abby and I try to hunker down and say, we know we need to do it. We want to do it because we want the results. So we just need to head down, drive through and get it done. And I love the idea of like, you don't have to say no to doing it. Like, cause that's our other alternative. If, if we're not like head down, focused on doing it, then we're not doing it at all. I'm like, wait, <laughs> We can actually still say yes to doing it and say yes to doing it when it actually feels right. Right. Yeah. What a concept. (laughs) It's just like letting go of that intuition. And for me in particular, like, I, I don't know, like, if you guys are very into like the astrology side of things, but I've really picked it up as a tool for like self-development because I'm in that season of scaling myself and I wanted to be a better leader, a better CEO, but it was understanding like, how can I stop the burnout? Yes. And I'm not going to lie. I've had burnout since like the beginning stages of my business because yeah. I was juggling, I was juggling full-time employment as an SEO and side hustling. So for me, it's like, how could I really honor my energy and honor that, that really, you know, that feminine flow that was giving me the kind of just the fun creative side that you need in your business to like move forward you know, even if we're talking about launching a product, like, yeah, it's very analytical, but there is a lot of creativity that you need in it. But Mm -hmm. if you're solely focusing just on like numbers and the doing, 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 you can't even get into that space where you connect on an emotional level to your ideal client. Yeah. Agreed. Because we're just solving problems at the end of the day. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, we package our our services and our products in a specific way. But at the end of it, we're trying to make someone's life easier. But if all you're thinking about is, oh, you know, I want to do this and I want to have, you know, let's say if you're you're planning, you know, your way up to like a $3,000 month, if you're literally just going, all I want to do is hit that $3,000 mark, then you're not really serving your audience Mm -hmm. and serving yourself. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I use like the data with the intuition and kind of getting the flow. Well, and I think the thing that everyone has to understand is how you interact with it doesn't have to be the same. Like I know Emily would prefer to like only really look at numbers once or twice a month, get the information (laughs) she needs and then space out her tasks to like, have it make sense with her life. Whereas I am someone who finds reassurance in numbers 
And so it helps me feel on track. It helps me feel like we know what we're doing in our business, but it's learning how and when to react that I think is really Mm -hmm. critical because I've overreacted, underreacted, taken action when action wasn't required, taken action when I may have misread what he was even telling me, (laughs) like all of the things. And so I think it's important to like, okay, at the beginning of stages of business, you might just be focused on what does traffic look like on a couple of pages and where is it coming from and is it converting? And then as you grow, you might end up having a massive dashboard of information that you're looking at on a regular basis, but that doesn't always mean things have to change or be on fire or whatever. Like yeah. I know there's definitely products in our business where we're consistently not hitting a goal but because it's not the primary focus, we're okay. Like, it's it's, like it doesn't matter because the goal was arbitrary in the first place. Like we're, we're making it up other places where, I mean, there's other things happening. And I think you can't always read that from like, it just looks red on your page, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just yelling at you to do something about it. And that's not always how you're supposed to react in the situation. Yeah, and I feel like because Google Analytics has so much data, it gets to a point where a lot of people need something visual. Okay, yeah. And we're really seeing, and I'm sure you guys have come across it yourself, is this kind of like buzz around Google Data Studio and how it's such a visual thing that can grab all the metrics that you want and just spit out this beautifully branded like dashboard that you can just click a link on and it will tell you you know things like like how how did your website perform yesterday how did it perform compared to this time last week or this time last month and for me when I started using that in my own business and I was using it corporate side is where things just became so much more clearer because if you're just looking at a bunch of figures they don't necessarily mean anything and this is where I was saying as a creative, it's the patterns that help. If you can visually see a line and you can see that there's a spike or there's a drop, if it's consistent the whole time, you probably want to figure out what happened so you could replicate it or not replicate it if it's going the bad (laughs) way. But, you know, if you've had a viral pin on Pinterest or, you know, you got featured somewhere really big, you want to know what works so you could replicate it. You know, you can figure out very quickly like, oh, you know, I was on this podcast feature or or I did these Facebook ads and learn from that. And that's where you can move forward. Yeah, because the I feel like the biggest thing, you know, business owners are complaining about is the overwhelm of feeling like they have to do all the things. And the truth is you don't have to do all the things. You just do the things that are working and feel right. And you won't know those things of what everything else you can cut. And literally ignore (laughs) once you know the things that are actually working. And I think there's freedom in that. And if we allow the result of the knowledge of analytics to be freedom and more clarity and confidence, then I think we'll, those of us who are maybe numbers adverse or data adverse like myself, (laughs) we'll feel a little bit more confident in doing it. Well, and I think you hit on something really important there that I just want people to notice is you get to decide what is worth reacting to and what you may unlock in the process is 
and we hinted at it at the beginning, you may be spending a huge amount of your time on something that is not performing at all, but you don't know that until you know what's happening behind the scenes. And I think that's where you get to constantly like assess and redistribute your time and learn what feels good. And because for instance, the video thing, okay, video is the hot thing. Not that it's never not been hot. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> but if video is the thing supposedly you're supposed to be focusing on and you are like hating video, guess what? You're not going to show up in a way that people want to interact with you. You hate yeah. it the whole time. Right. So, and that doesn't mean you can't be successful in other ways. There's people who've been successful who don't have a website, who don't have an online presence, and they are famous on Yelp. (laughs) For real, though. For real, though. I saw this one restaurant that's like booked out for a full year. And the only reason is because they only have two tables. And so they charge... They charge more than a typical restaurant would that's full of tables and full of people, but they only serve 12 people a day. And because of like the oddity of how they're running their business, they have business for a year in advance booking out. So like, you never know, like you can decide how you run this. That person was like, I don't like people or crowded restaurants. So how can I run a business? (laughs) It's working. It's working. (laughs) Sounds like something I would do. (laughs) We have so many different hats to wear in business. Really, when it comes to sales and generating money and marketing your business, just make it as simple as possible. And, you know, I'm using examples for myself because I want people to know that this is something that you constantly come back to, even if you're like, six, seven, 10 years down the line, like once you get over this and you understand it, like it will just make life so much more easier. So, you know, for me, I've really just stopped a lot of marketing, you know, in the previous season of my business, you know, I had a Facebook group. I used to do challenges. I used to do all of these things. Whereas now I'm like, okay, Instagram is my jam. And the kind of rule of thumb that I have now is if I could tomorrow walk away from this marketing channel and someone in my team or a stranger could just pick it up from me, then that's the in the right place for me to then go somewhere else. I like that. Let's go into talk strategy to me. I know there are people at all different levels listening to this, but there's people at all different levels who haven't started paying attention to their numbers. <laughs> so... Regardless of where you're at in business, if the idea of collecting data and analytics is new or you want to improve upon this, what are some basic steps you would take to start collecting this information so you can review it on a regular basis? At the beginning of this, where we were talking about the four main areas that you want to think about. So have a look at your traffic The kind of things you want to have a look at and you want to make sure you're tracking is the traffic sources and how much they are converting. Again, you can do this all in Google Analytics once you've set it up. And then you want to go back to within that specific thing, what it is that you're going to track. So, you know, are you tracking things like lead generation? Are you tracking things like opt-ins? 
after you've got all of that done, you want to have some kind of system to make this really easy for you. Now, generally, people tend to start with spreadsheets, no matter where they are in their business, and they manually do it. I don't actually recommend manually doing it. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't like looking at data in the first place, that is going to be the first hurdle that like just completely switches you off. So you want to try and automate that. There's a couple of ways that you can do it. But my favorite way to do it is to connect Google Data Studio to your Google Analytics account. It's super simple. It takes less than 10 minutes and it will just literally plug and play. So you connect your account and it will get a report and you will just connect all your data on it. And then the final thing that you really want to do is set up a time that you are going to have a look at that data and actually decide what actions you're going to take. Now, this doesn't specifically need to be like, oh, if X happens, I'm going to take this decision. It's just literally a case of like, if I notice this thing happening, what are the types of things I should be considering? So, you know, as we were talking about, if there's a spike, like, okay, what do I need to do next? Well, I probably need to figure out what day the spike happened. I need to figure out what happened on that day. Was it that I had a podcast episode? Was it that I did a flash sale? What is it specifically? And then you can figure out what you're going to do with that information next. So it's just really having that clear process of where you're starting and where you want to go. And once you've got that up and running, that's where you can start getting creative with stuff and like using it to project things going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Pri, thank you so much for your time. I know people are going to be geeking out and I love that we still managed to talk about moon cycles and menstruation. I want to have like an astrologist on the podcast now to talk about like, (laughs) when is the best moon to launch in? Oh yeah. 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 I actually, I'm part of a mastermind where I learned this stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'm for recommendations. So be sure to listen to that soon. But Pri, I know people are absolutely going to love you and love this idea, but also be a tad bit overwhelmed about actually setting up all the tech. And so if that's the case, I know you offer a VIP day that allows them to kind of unlock this, get everything set up. What is it like to work with you? Where can people find you online? Yeah, sure. So you can find me at brilliantlyvisible.com. I'm also on Instagram, which is at brilliantlyvisible as well. Honestly, just send me a message. Like we'll have a chat at where you are and kind of see whether it's the right thing for your business right now. Working with me is honestly as easy as possible. Like we're busy. So it's just a case of like, hey, let's connect. Let's have a chat. And then you just leave it to me and I'll get it done and just come back to you with this beautiful dashboard that you have ready to use. Alternatively, if you're like, okay, I'm not at that stage where I need that level of support. I also do have pre-made dashboards that you can just purchase and plug and play That is kind of more at the beginning side where you just, you know, want to know like, hey, where's my traffic coming from? Am I getting sales, leads, et cetera? So that's also available if you kind of feel like you need a little bit more, you know, a self-container where you just want to learn as you're going along. Awesome. That will be so helpful. We'll make sure all those links are in our show notes as well. Pri, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was incredibly insightful. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, 
all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.